Thank God for you. And thank God for our guests. Amen. God bless you. And today we're going to hear the word of the Lord. Brother Isaac, may God use you one more time. In Jesus' name. And praise the Lord. God is good, amen. This is, I think, the first time I'm preaching and it's not rainy. Amen. So I don't know if that's good or bad. Amen. But um, I'm happy to be here, amen. I'm a little sick, uh, amen. I was fighting the, the cold um, these last couple of days at work. It was like, it went from one nostril to the next nostril. It was like one nostril was only running and the eye was like watering and stuff. Um, but God is good, amen. So now I know you got to listen to your mom, amen. Even if you're married, amen, they're, they're a wise woman. My mom always told me never leave home without a jacket and never step on the floor without socks or shoes or something. Amen. If you do that, you will be blessed. Amen. You won't get sick. Amen. At this time, um, I also want to thank Pastor for giving me this opportunity. Amen. I'm going to finish off um, our trilogy um, that we started two Sundays ago. Um, you can go to 1 Corinthians um, chapter 12, verse 7 um, to verse 11. And it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, dis distributing to each one individually as he wills. Can we go back to verse 7 one more time? At the end, it says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. And it says the key is there is this for the profit of all. Because right? everybody say all. For the profit of all. Amen. So at this time, let's, let's go for the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come for at this time. God, we thank you, God, for allowing us to be in your presence one more time. God, we ask you, Lord, we open up our hearts and our minds. God, to receive the word you have for us today. God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And you may take your seat. Right. Amen. You give me like 25 minutes and then you can come play. Amen. I forgot to pray about the Lakers. Amen. They're a game under 500 about to miss the playoffs. Amen. So we're going to pray for them after the service that, that they get it back together. Amen. Because I believe that, amen, in my, in my friendship group, I, I tell them if, if I pray, it comes to pass. Amen. Now, I'm a firm believer of that because of Philip Felipe, um, he wanted a new truck and he, got, he has a new truck. Um, Sister Abby, we paid for her for a dog like two weeks ago and she has a dog. She got a brand new dog today. Amen. So we pray, believing in Jesus, it, it will come to pass. Amen. Amen. So <clears throat> today we're going to finish off the, the trilogy that we started about spiritual gifts. Um, and we're going to go back, put it up there. Um, we want to refresh back to what we talked about the last two weeks just for us to get a refresher of what it is that, that we talked about. And the first one was the, the gifts of revelation or the gifts to know. And those were the gifts of the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. Man, these are things that you will only get to know if God reveals it to you. God gives you revelation and he, and he allows you to know these things. Amen. So these are the gifts of to know. Um, and then last week we spoke about the gifts of power, and those were faith, the gifts of healing, 
and working of miracles. Amen. These are a demonstration of the, of the power of God, that God allows us to be partakers in these, in these gifts for his honor, for his glory. Amen. And these are the gifts, of, and last week we talked about these are the gifts that people tend to desire more. These are the gifts that people tend to notice the most because they're outward, that you get healed or there is a miracle performed. Amen. And one thing we've come to understand is that, that these gifts are not meant for ourselves. They're not meant to boast about how great we are. They're not meant to cause us more fame, to get more followers, for people to know who my name is, people to know who I am, or to elevate my profile in whatever status that I may want. But it is all meant for the kingdom of God. And that's in verse 7. It says, it all profits it all. Amen. It profits the, the body of Christ. It profits the church. And it profits everyone that comes encounter with us. Amen. And today, with the help of the Lord, we're going to go into the, into the last um, gifts that we're going to talk about. And those are, the, those are the gifts of inspiration. And those follows of prophecy, different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Amen. And these are the last three we're going to, we're going to be speaking upon. Um, and the first one we're going to get to it is the gift of prophecy. And the definition that you, we can use is the supernatural utterance in our native language for the purpose, purposes of edification. It can also be for correction, for encouragement. Amen. And this is something that we have to, this is a gift that works within the church and within, within the members of the church. Amen. But something we need to clarify between prophecy that's mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10 is we cannot get it confused with that of the Old Testament when we had prophets. Man, and they would say, thus saith the Lord. Amen. Not that many people would preach that way or say, thus saith God. Amen. In that type of voice. Um, but also, you will see in also Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11, it, will talk, it talks about the ministry office of that of a prophet. So if God uses you in the gift of prophecy, it doesn't mean you are therefore a prophet. Amen. And that's a very, you got to make that decision very clear. Just because you're using that gift, it doesn't mean that you are a prophet of God. And can go around on your Instagram handle and put like, I am a prophet. Or on Facebook, on LinkedIn, you put your job and you put my job is I'm a prophet from February 17, 2019, going forth, I'm a prophet of God. And man, if you're operating that gift, that's not what it means. It means you operate in the gift of prophecy. Man, so that's very, very, very important that we understand that because there is many people that think they work on this, operate in this gift, and they call themselves a prophet, and they're not. And everything in God works in order. Amen? But it is in this gift, though, that we understand that these are messages that come from God for exhortation, for correction, um, for predicting the future, for comfort, for inspiration, and for other revelation. Amen? It's just, a, just an utterance. It can, you can refer to prophecy without a preaching or giving someone the word of God. Amen? In the gift of prophecy, there is no um, limit to who can be used. Amen? In Acts 21, verse 89 it talks about Philip and he had four daughters and it said that they prophesied. Right? So it does not limit women from being, from prophesying, from operating the gift of prophecy. So it means that women have the ability to speak the word of God and to exhort someone and to give them a message from God. Amen. So there is no limit just because you're not in front of a pulpit, because you don't have a mic, doesn't mean you cannot operate in the gift of prophecy. So that's something we have to understand here, that sometimes we, we, we focus on prophecy or that or preaching or, or delivering a message that you have to be behind a pulpit, that you have to have a mic, that you have to be on Apple Podcasts, you have to be on Spotify, you have to be on Facebook Live, you have to be on a program, you have to be on a flyer 
for you to operate in this gift. But that's not the case because the gift of prophecy doesn't depend on this place, on this pulpit, right? Because one thing we understand is that this gift is not just meant to be used within these four walls that's called the, the church, right? We are the church. The people in this place are the church. It's meant to be outside, right? So the gift of prophecy can be used in any function that we're in, that we're able to, to use it. And in our friendship groups, the gift of prophecy can be used. Amen. And it can be used by a woman that lead that group to be able to exhort, to be able to free someone, to be able to hear someone preach the word of God, to deliver them. Amen. Because it is important. And we can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, and we will see what it says about this. And it says, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, and it says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Because it's important, right? In the definition we use, you will, you will notice if you go on to, to the other two, it says that you deliver a message in your native language and something that you will understand. Amen? Because it says that, that the only way people convert or people gain faith is faith comes through hearing and hearing of the word of God. Right? But you have to understand the word of God in order to gain faith. So you have to speak it in a language you can understand. I mean, that's why the prophecy, the gift of uh, prophecy is very important because it helps bring people to the feet of Christ. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 14, 29 and 33, it says, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. But anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. For you can all prophesy one, to one by one that, that all may learn and May all be encouraged, and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Amen? So, we, so when we're able to understand this gift, and we're able to understand that it is through this word, through this gift of prophecy, of this gift of uttering a message of God, we can help bring unbelievers to learn the, to learn the message of Christ. Or in your prophecy, there's two ways. There's either foretelling or foretelling, right? Foretelling is telling about a, an event that had already happened, right? We always talk about, and the message will be the most popular message every preach in Easter is always about, about Christ going to Calvary, right? But the whole purpose of that is to be able to bring forth an event that happened more than 2,000 years ago that you weren't there to see. You know, you saw the Passion of the Christ, you saw that movie, right? But you weren't, able, you weren't in that event. But a person who operates in the gift will be able to bring that event to life to you, will be able for you to feel, to, for you to understand that Christ came to this place to die for you, that he went to the cross for you. Amen? Like Satan said, he had to make it personal for you so that you can then come to the feet of Christ, for you to understand the revelation that there is power in the name of Jesus, that there is no other God before him, that he is the one true God. And that's why we're here to prophesy, to give the utterance of a message to a lost world that there is hope, that there is hope for their problem, that there is hope for the situation that they're in. Because right now in, in, in our political climate that we're in, people are looking for answers of how to fix it, how to bring the nation together. And because we were always in a division, whether you're Democrat or Republican or whatever it is, we're always in some kind of division that no one is ever in one accord. Right? And anything... There was always a debate about who's right, who's wrong, who's better, who's this, who wears it best, who wore it, who you, you did this, right? There's never an agreement in anything. But in the things of God, in the prophecy, we were able to understand and tell people that in God, we're all saved, that we can all have the ability to be saved. 
right? Because he came for us all, amen? But it is important for us to understand this gift and understand that it is something that God wants us to operate in, right? And it's not just meant for the ministers or for the, or, or for the pastor or for the deacons, for anybody else with a title. It's for anyone that has a voice, that anyone that has ever had an encounter with God, that has ever been filled with this Holy Spirit to be able to tell someone about what God has done for you and what God has done in your life and the changes that God has brought you through and what, the, what God has taken you out of to be able to help someone else, right? Because our church is not a selfish church, right? It's one thing I've come to understand is that the church isn't meant to be selfish, right? Because sometimes we, we like to always testify to one another and tell people that are already saved about what God has done for us. But what about those that don't know about God? What about our coworkers, right? The only way our coworkers are gonna know about God is if we tell them about God. And if we tell them what God has brought me out of, and we tell them, I know what you're going through because I was going through the same thing. But when I found out about a man named Jesus and what he's done for me and what he did for my family, he can do it for you as well. But we have to be able to utter it up to existence. Man, and that is the gift of prophecy. And it says that it is the one thing that we, that the Bible says that you desire all the gifts, but especially that of prophecy. Because that is speaking the word of God. And that is key in every era of the Bible. You will see that there is always a message being delivered. Man, and that gift does not stop in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, but it continues now. And we go to, to, the, next, to the next gift, and it is the, divert, the different kinds of tongues. And the definition is supernatural inspired utterance in another language not known by the speaker. Now, in this one, we have to also clarify that there is a difference. When you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost by evidence of speaking in tongues, that is not referred to by this gift. There is a difference, right? There is a difference between receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost by evidence of speaking in tongues, which is necessary for salvation, and then there is the gift of different kinds of tongues, right? Because in, 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 the, in the Bible, we find two types of tongues. There is celestial tongues or angelical tongues that we speak, and then there was that of man tongues or natural tongues of a language that you don't know how to speak. Amen. So in that case is when you speak in these, when you operate in this gift, it's not, if you know Spanish, you're not going to speak in Spanish in, a, in tongues because then you will understand what it is that you're saying. It will be a tongue that you have no idea what it is that you're uttering, what, that it is what you are saying. Amen. And then we go to the next one. They're going to combine together. And it is the, the second one is the interpretation of tongues, and that definition is, let me have it there. Another definition is the supernatural ability to interpret into the native language a message given in other tongues. Amen. The other tongue is known neither by the congregation as a whole nor by the one who interprets it. And this is when we know when it is God, right? Because I don't know how many people, like, it would be an example with if someone were to speak in German or in Hebrew, and no one will understand what that person is saying. And then another person will interpret that person that spoke in tongues, and that person doesn't know Hebrew either, but he knows what to say, amen? And the key about that gift, it is the interpretation of tongues, right? It is not the translation of tongues, right? There is very... And it's interesting, too, because it's very subtle in the way it is phrased. Because you would think 
if it's said in one language, you would translate it. Right, like in, in my job, I work in an immigration law firm, and we bring a whole bunch of stuff in Spanish, and we translate it from Spanish to English, right? But if you ever, right, you speak in Spanish and English, you understand there are certain phrases you cannot translate. Even if you go to Google and translate, Google comes up with some weird translations, and like, I have no idea what this word is or what this word means in Spanish and in English, right? So you just, I just make it up. No, but like, you, you interpret it. <laughs> Don't tell my job. No, just kidding, um, right? But it is the difference between translating and interpreting. Because in translating, it means you translate word by word what it is. But there are some phrases in English that cannot be translated automatically in Spanish or in, or in Mandarin or in Hebrew, right? Because their language is totally different than ours. They don't have vowels. They don't have different things, right? So it is in this gift that when, we, that when someone is able to operate in the gifts of different type of tongues, it is therefore followed by an interpretation of tongues. So you will hear someone speak in other tongues, in a different kinds of tongues, and it will go on for a period of time, and then the interpretation will be shorter than that. And it doesn't mean, well, he's only giving us half the message. No, because things are not translated word by word, but it is an interpretation of the Spirit of God. Amen? And it's something that we need to understand. But it is also key that we understand that when it comes to the, to the gifts of tongues, is that it has to be in order. Amen? And this is where it gets important because the gift of the Spirit will not interrupt the order of God. Meaning that if the pastor is speaking and delivering the word of God, it does not give room for someone then to stand up and give a message in tongues because it will conflict with it and it will cause confusion within the church. And we just read that the word of God says that God is not a God of confusion. So it operates in order. Amen? So when the word, so when the man of God comes before the congregation to deliver a word, it means everything must cease unless the man of God gives permission for it to go forward because it all works together for the profit of all. Right, that's just the key in that verse is that for everything works to profit it all. Amen. And the one thing too is that, and this is the thing where we have to be careful as well, is that we will understand that there will be different, there will be false prophets that will rise up, right? And they will say that they're of God. And sometimes we are moved by our emotion instead of being moved by the spirit. Amen. Sometimes we think, well, I got this gift and it's just an emotion. And it is not spirit-led. And let me tell you that when the Spirit of God moves, you will know it. Your spirit will confirm you whether or not it is of God or not, and if it's in time or out of time. You will feel it in your spirit if it's meant to be a message that has been spoken in other tongues so that there will be an interpretation of it. You will be able to feel it in the atmosphere. Because it means that the Spirit of God is manifesting itself to its people. And that is key in every gift that we operate in, we will all be in one accord. It has to be, because it profits it all. There cannot be a confusion. You cannot be like, well, what's going on? Why is that happening? No. It will mean that you will know that you have to stop, that everything will come to a stop when it is the Spirit of God moving, when it is operating the gift of a different tongue, everything will come to a stop. 
and you will hear that person speak in other tongues and you will feel in your spirit that something's about to happen right now because then it will be followed by an interpretation by someone else who does not know what that person, does not know that language, but knows that it is of God. And they will be able to tell you and they will be able to tell the revelation that God has given them for the church, for the edification of the church, for something that we need to know now. Man, and that is the gifts of, of, of inspiration that we have to understand that those are the gifts of inspiration, that of prophecy, that of other tongues and interpretation of tongues. And, and I'm going to end and I'm going to close the ending here because I'm going to bring it all home in, in this trilogy. Man, we always said the third trilogy is always the worst one, but not this time. And man, the kingdom of God goes from glory to glory. Amen. We're going to bring it, bring it, bring it home. And in all this, we have to understand one thing is that God has called us to operate in these gifts, right? It says that this is spirit-given, right? The spirit gives it to each one individually as he wills, amen? And the whole thing about this is that the best gift that the church needs is the one that it's called for at the time. That whatever the church needs to see, whatever the church needs for it, for it to be edified, to grow, to break chains, to, for liberation, that is the gift that will be operated in. Amen? But there's something that has to happen within us. We can go to Psalms 107, 23 to 24. And it says this, it says, Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters... They see the works of the Lord and the wonders in the deep. Right? That's why I thought of, that's why you know it's spirit because the, the, the praise team sang, You make me brave. And he brought back to me um, this verse. And the whole thing is we need to be able to operate in the spirit of God and the give the spiritual gifts. We cannot be afraid to walk in it, to operate in these gifts. Right, because the scary part about this is that, is that sometimes some of us have not seen, have not worked in these gifts, and we're afraid to see what it actually means or what it actually feels like or what actually happens when these things start manifesting themselves. And we're afraid to let God move through us. And that's the great thing about God is that he wants us to, part he wants us to participate in what's about to happen. He wants us to be partakers of his glory and of his power. Because, see, God doesn't need us, right? He can do it any other way. Amen. So in the verse in the Old Testament, it said he made a donkey speak. So he's not like he, he's running out of options, that he's limited to you. Amen. But we have to take that and understand that God wants us to participate in this. And the key is that sometimes we are afraid to walk in that of the supernatural because it's something that's unfamiliar to us. It's something that is outside the norm of what we're used to seeing in church, that we're used to, we know the program by memory. We know, well, they're going to sing this song. If second MCs is going to be a fast song, and then two fast songs, and a slow song, and then another slow song, then they're going to stop the music, no music, back to music, and then the offering, right? We, we know the flow of the service. We know how things are supposed to work. And in the spiritual gifts, if we've never experienced it before, 
we are afraid of what God can actually do through us, through me, and through you. But in that one verse in, one, in Psalms 107, it says that in order to, to see the wonders of God, it doesn't say you are in the shore, right? It says that you are in deep waters. It says that you have to go out into the deep, into the unknown, into where you have no control, until you let God move through you. Because see, we're used to operating and doing things that we're comfortable in, that we know for sure is going to get people's attention, that they're going to get their approval. But I mean, let the Spirit of God move through us. Uh, and we say, well, it's, it's God moving through me. You're not going to fight the Spirit of God. Because there are too many times when you're in the service and you're in the altar and you feel the presence of God and you feel the Spirit of God tug at your heart. And God has given you a word. And God is telling you, you need to speak to someone. You need to pray for someone. And God has given you the word of wisdom. And God has given you the word of knowledge. But we are afraid to move. We are afraid to go into the deep. Because it is in deep waters where our feet are no longer planted on the shore. Right, but we like, yes, and that sounds like you make me brave. See, being courageous isn't the absence of fear. It's being able to move despite the fear. Means if we're operating the spirit of God and the, and the spiritual gifts, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden you have no doubt, but you know in who you believe in and who you trust in. And that is God himself. But we cannot be afraid to move in the spirit of God. Just yesterday, um, we had our, our friends day in, in, in our service, in our church. And we had a, um, Jesse Avalos, our minister here. And he operated that in the spiritual gifts. And you can tell, like I said, your spirit will be able to discern if it's of God. And yesterday, I can tell you that when Jesse operated that in the spiritual, it was no longer a regular service anymore. It was something that was outside. It wasn't within the message of his, of his outline. He operated in something that said that God had called him and he, and he spoke to people, to, our, to the guests that came for the first time of our church. And I believe that when he spoke to them, he spoke to their lives. And, he, and God gave him a word of knowledge for them. And then Jesse was able to operate in the gifts and tear down the chains and the strongholds for that family. And you can see them in the altar breaking down as God was ministering to them. But the only way those people were ever going to be touched by God is they were able to work by that of the gifts of the Spirit. And the one great thing about our church is that our pastor wants us to operate in that. Hallelujah. That we're not satisfied with the status quo. We're not satisfied by hearing other people or reading about it, about they operated in this gift and they did these miracles and they had these healings and they did, had this interpretation of tongues. That that's not enough anymore to hear about other people and to read about it here. Because it's time for us to elevate, to rise up. Because the same Spirit of God that dwells within the disciples and with the apostles dwells within me. 
and it dwells within you. That it's in you. But we have to let God move in our lives. And we have a pastor that wants and desires us. That everyone, and he knows and he told me, like, everyone has a gift. Everyone has a gift. He said, but I want it to come to the surface. Our desire is that we operate in all nine gifts of the Spirit in this place. That we will see the manifestation of the power of God in this place. And the great thing about it is that it's going to be because of you. It's going to be through your, through your life, through your voice, through your hands, that we're going to be able to see this demonstration of the power of God. Because I believe that we are at the border of our greatness. I believe right now we're fighting so much to stay on the shore. We're fighting God so much to let me stay here where I'm comfortable. That I'm good where I'm at. I don't want to go into the deep because the waves get harder and harder. Because when you go through supernatural things, you will see that of the supernatural. Because the Bible says we don't wrestle with flesh or blood, but we're principalities and we're spirits. And we are in a war. We are in a battlefield right now. And it's time for us to say, I got to go into the deep. It's scary. Well, it's one thing when, I, when, I, when you go to Santa Monica and you go at night and you see the ocean, it has no end. Right? And it's scary. Especially you see like black fish and you see the orcas and like their animals are crazy over there. They're so smart. And the crazy thing is we only know like 10% of the ocean. And sadly, some of us only know 10% of the things that God can do in our lives. Because we stay, we stay in the shore. But I challenge you that if we consecrate ourselves and we ask God, use me, let your spirit flow through me, that from the top of my head to the sore of my feet, that your anointing, that the power of the Holy Ghost may flow through me and you can use me in any gift that you want. But let me operate in something in your kingdom to let me operate in something, to take me into the deep so that I can see the wonders of God. Because we say we want to see miracles. We want to see healings. We want to see all this stuff, and that's great. But we're at the shore, and God said, I'm willing to show you. I'm willing to impart to you the gift. But you got to come out into deep waters. And then we can sing the song that you make me brave as we walk in the deep, that you make me brave. That I don't know what gift they're gonna impart to me, but I know I have a gift. And if you know the gift that God has given you, that you give you the courage to operate in the gift, to know that when you operate it, God will not put you to shame. God will not embarrass you. When it is spirit-led, when it is given by God, it will be imparted for someone's edification. It will be imparted for someone to know God personally. And that's what we're here as a church, to expand the kingdom of God, to break the chains of those that are lost, 
to restore families back together. But it's all done by the power of God. And as you stand to your feet, and as I begin to close, it all, it profits, it, it profits all. It profits everyone. And if you're here for the first time, if you want to be a participant in the power and the glory of God, you're, you're, you made it to the right day because today is the day that the Lord has made for you to have an encounter with Him so that He may fill you with the power of His Holy Ghost. And if we already have received this, the gift of the Holy Ghost, then it's up to us to consecrate ourselves and open up our hearts and not be afraid of what God's about to do. Because let me tell you, God's about to move in this place like never before. That what God did last year was great, but we're not gonna rest in last year. That this year in 2019, in our English congregation, we're going to operate in the nine gifts. Spanish will too, but in English, we will see the manifestation of all nine. Because the power of God is in this place. We've all been filled with the Spirit for a purpose. It's not for fun and games. It's for someone to be edified, to be encouraged. Because we go through so many people who are heartbroken and need a touch of God and need to hear something of God. And they're asking for who is it? Who's gonna tell me? And it's us. It's us. Because the Spirit gives it. And that's the key is that He gives it. It's not like He's holding back. He wants to give it to you. He wants to unleash it upon us. But we have to be ready. We have to be willing to go into the deep and say, God, you make me brave. And although things are crashing around me, I know that the Spirit of God will never leave and will never forsake me. And it is power to change the lives of people. And that's what it's all about. It's not about us dressing up all nice and singing great songs. That's not what God has called us to do. He called us to go out into all nations, bringing them into the feet of Christ. And at this time, I open up the altar and I invite everybody to come so that we may go before God and cry out to Him and tell Him to use me, to take me into the deep and tell Him, God, impart to me the gift, the spiritual gift that you want me to operate in. Because it's our time. We are always said we're the continuation of Acts. But if that's the case, then we gotta operate in the gifts because that's what they did. Right? We're the continuation of Acts, means we continue what they do. And Jesus says, Greater things we shall do. But we gotta believe it that in, in this church, with the people that are here, we're going to do greater things than what the disciples did. 
we're going to do greater things. But we got to cry out to God and tell the Lord, take me to the deep so that I can see your works and your wonders to impart to me the gift so that I may not be afraid, Lord, to operate in the spiritual, natural, and the supernatural, that I may let your spirit flow through me and then every Sunday won't be like every other Sunday. But then we will have an encounter with God. And it's time for us, and I encourage and I challenge to open up your heart, open up your mouth, and tell God to fill me with your spirit. Make me brave. So that I may operate in the supernatural. That I may make a difference in the kingdom. you yeah. 